0: This is Trash to Treasure with Jupiter Jane, and I'm David. I'm Libby. And so today we're going to talk about how to find the good stuff.
1: Yes, we all love the good stuff.
0: So there are a lot of places to look, but not all places are created equal. So tonight we're going to talk about the places that we go to, the ones that we like, the ones that aren't so great, and kind of our tips and tricks on how to find the best hidey-holes.
1: Um, I guess our first one is... Well,
0: for, first off, so I I think I know the answer to this, but tell me what your favorite place is to find, to find treasures, mm. to, to, to find thrifting treasures.
1: Oh, I don't know. Um,
0: because I know what mine is, but I, I'm, I'm not sure I know what yours
1: In the winter, I love Goodwill. Yeah. Just because it's the only really good thing in town during the cold months. But then after that, I would say I really like the really really big flea markets.
0: Yeah, I like I like the flea markets. I'm I'm never a huge fan of Goodwill, even under like the best of circumstances. But you know sometimes we f- we do find our our best stuff there. I don't know
1: why you hate it so much.
0: I don't hate it. I don't hate Goodwill.
1: I think it's because you have to take time and actually look.
0: You have to take time and look everywhere.
1: Well, but I don't know. You're just so. I don't know. I don't know either. But we found some.
0: I think my favorite is probably, and you, you make a good point about like you know seasonal mm-hmm. things, times of year, and stuff like that. I think my favorite is probably flea markets, outdoor flea markets. I may, I make that distinction. We're going to talk about that more in depth here in a little bit, but outdoor flea markets and mom and pop. Um, uh thrift stores.
1: Mhm. Yeah, you we, know, thr- mm-hmm. thrift
0: stores that aren't part of a chain. So like the not Goodwill's, the not Salvation Armies, cuz yeah. there there are a lot of those uh well there's not a lot, but there are some of those out there. And sometimes they're kind of hard to find. You got to, you know, take the, the the road less traveled to find some of those. Yeah,
1: go off the beaten path. But man,
0: those tend to be like some of the best spots. So Yeah. yeah. We're going to go through our list. We have made a list. We came prepared. So we're going to go through our list and we're going to kind of talk about the pros and cons of the places that we like to go to and try to give you an idea of where to go, what to look for. So what's what's first on our list?
1: Um, yard sales or, I don't know, some people I think call them tag sales.
0: Yeah, yard sales, garage sales, rummage sales, tag sales.
1: I sadly just saw uh, another flipper. Down in, I think it was in South Carolina, and they are still having garage sales in December, and I'm totally jealous. Oh, that jealous. is
0: such crap. I know.
1: I know, because...
0: Okay, so we we live in um, the Midwest, kind of like the, the heart of the Midwest, and um, garage selling around here kind of runs from, if you're lucky, it kind of runs from maybe May. April, May, to... September
1: well maybe October maybe October maybe. like
0: first, like the first week of October so that's our that's our like sweet spot that's our time mm-hmm. and then um then the pickings get slim starting about mid-october yeah, yeah. so it, if we stay in, in our general area if we don't like leave town mm-hmm. um, our options are pretty much thrift stores goodwill Salvation Army stuff like that so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much what we're limited to so one of the things that we like to do is leave town.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, within what a couple hours of where we're at, you know, we can get to Chicago, Cincinnati, Louisville, and uh, we're slowly.
0: And it's cold there too. Yeah, it's cold in those places too. But, but... you know, it's um, it's better than looking at the same uh, goodwill over and over and over again. But anyway, so I digress. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about yard sales, garage mm-hmm. sales, what have you, and. The pros, here are the pros, is, you know, it's, it, and if you live in some place with good weather, you know, you can garage sale year-round, of course, but um, one of the pros to yard sailing or garage sailing is that you can negotiate prices, right. and that is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Any venue, any opportunity where I can go and look for stuff to sell, if it comes with somebody that I can negotiate with. That is a huge bonus because right. I, lo- I love to I love to negotiate.
1: Well, here here's Dave's um, form of negotiation. He hands it to me and says, "Here, go ask this guy if you can okay. buy this."
0: Now, listen, that's true, but that is part of a strategy. That is part of a carefully planned out strategy. We're going to do a whole episode just mm-hmm. on on negotiating, mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of little tricks, and I've used every trick in the book.
1: All right, he used to make our. Our uh, young son, who's now an grown adult, but he would when he was little, he would make our son go ask for oh, man. it.
0: Nothing works better than cute little kids, you know. Right. What I mean Because we we uh, used to deal in like, well, we still do, we, uh, in collectibles. You know, like um, vintage toys, like pop culture kind of stuff, toys from the seventies and eighties and nineties, like when I was a kid. You know, when you when you find something like that at a garage sale and you pick it up and you want to negotiate a price on it, you walk up there looking like an old dude like me, people assume that you are going to turn around and put that on eBay Right
1: and resell it. And
0: so they're not very likely to give you a deal, but if you walk up, but that, if you walk up with a cute little kid,
1: yeah, they'll totally cut you a good deal. And you know, now though, sometimes he'll, you know, I'll ask for him and she's not
0: as cute as our son was, but she's still pretty cute. Oh, shut so. up. <laughs> <laughs> I got you some
1: good deals lately. Um, but yeah, so you just have to, you know, if you if you find something, he'll say, "Hey, go ask the guy about this," and usually he'll tell me what to say and kind of a price I'm shooting for, and um, we've had pretty good luck that way.
0: So another advantage of going to yard sales, garage sales, what have you, is it's a great place to find like the hidden gems, mm-hmm. the kind of stuff where you know somebody has something and they maybe don't know what it's worth. You've got an opportunity to, you know, buy something really cheap and maybe, you know, flip it for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's something else we've done a lot of, you know, and really my best finds, most of my best finds have come from garage sales. Mm-hmm. Like the, the things where I've, you know, uh, really turned around and made a lot of money. So I think we maybe mentioned in our first episode about a comic book that I found, mm-hmm. uh, an Incredible Hulk number one that I found at a garage sale. Um, that was a big that was a big one.
1: Which was what was funny about that was it was a uh, mom and dad selling off their adult yeah they were sons selling off
0: their adult son's uh, stuff. He probably stuff. Had, had no idea. Yeah. And um,
1: thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Uh, another one was a, a garage sale where I found um, some CDs, a, a CD box set of a soundtrack for all the Lord of the Rings films, and that one was a big one. So garage sales are a great place to find, like I said, the, the the kind of hidden gems where somebody maybe doesn't know what they've got. And I, I know sometimes people are like, well, do you feel like you're taking advantage of somebody if you, you know, if you go to a garage sale and they've got something like in the case of this comic book, this, this comic book was like a $5,000 comic book that I bought for a dollar. Now here's the thing there, you know, the, the ethical or moral situation here is that, When I bought that, I really didn't know for sure what it was worth. I knew it was worth more than a dollar.
1: Because you originally said, well, it's in pretty bad shape.
0: Right. It had some condition issues and things like that. But I knew it was worth more than a dollar. But I feel like everybody these days has the opportunity to kind of be able to go online and look and see what something is Mm -hmm. worth. If they don't take that opportunity, I feel like that's kind of on them. Yeah. You know, and I would imagine that there would be situations where if it was like, if it was really a lot of money, I would probably go back to that person and say, hey, you, or, you know, or if it was somebody who was like in need of money, I would go back to that person and say, hey, you know, um, we sold this, we made a lot of money on it. I feel like we can share this with you. We should share this with you, you know. But in, in most instances, like I said, I feel like a lot of people, most, most people have access to this info mm-hmm. and it's kind of on them if they, don't, well, if they don't do their own research.
1: And I know when like when we have garage sales, our mindset usually is just get rid of it, you know, and a lot of people will just throw it out there just because they need space. They're moving for whatever reason. And, you know, when you find the really good stuff
0: yeah i mean our our motivation when we put stuff out for garage sales which we do we have our own garage sales um is a, a lot of times just to get stuff out of the way mm-hmm. you know it's and and making money is kind of a secondary thing but primarily we're just trying to get get stuff out of our way the other nice thing about garage sales is that they're close to home right so you don't have to travel too far i will say during
1: during garage sale season on fridays i usually go to um I think it's called Garage Sale Finder or Yard Sale dot com. I, th-
0: I think it's it's one of the one of the two. I think it's Garage Sale Finder. Put in our
1: zip code and you know see what people have posted. You know where people are having garage sales, and then if I'm so motivated, I'll type them all into like Google Maps and it'll route us.
0: One of the cons of garage sales is that sometimes you got you know do a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. We live in a small town, so when you have – you know, it's garage sale season, they tend to be in a fairly concentrated area. You don't have to travel too far. And like Libby said, we kind of like try to plot things out with MapQuest Mm -hmm. or or Google Maps or whatever so that we plug all the addresses in, and then it tells us like the most uh, efficient route to hit hit all those sales. So. You know, it's it's not too bad. But if you live in a big city, we used to live in a, in a much larger city. Right now we're in like a small college town, but we used to live in a much larger city. And when we would go garage selling there, like driving across town was an hour. Right. You know, it was like an hour from one side of town to the other, maybe longer. You know, now we live in a much smaller town where driving across town is like 15 minutes.
1: Right.
0: It's, it's kind of funny because um, when we first moved here, people would, you know, Groan and complain about having to drive across town, and I'm like, please, it's like a ten minute drive.
1: Right, right. It's still to this day, people say I gotta go across town. And I'm like,
0: so, yeah. <laughs> and, but anyway, yeah. So, so that's one of the cons is that you know if if you live if you live in a big city or you live in the suburb of a big city, you know, and garage selling is your primary mm-hmm. method of finding treasures, um, you can put some mileage on. Right. it's not it's not necessarily the most convenient thing. Mm-hmm. This is why some of the other things we're gonna talk about I like better because you know you have more concentration you you get more bang for your buck.
1: And I will say that that old the old adage the early bird gets the worm is really true. Oh, it is seven. so true it's so I mean, true. If you're not getting I'm getting out there till 10 or 11 o'clock, don't go.
0: Yeah, if you can develop the skill of like hitting a place and scanning it, and then moving on to the next place, <laughs> it will serve you well. Mm-hmm. We're still working on that skill.
1: Yeah, Dave is—he <laughs> he can scan some uh, a garage sale in ten seconds and know if there's anything. And I'm—I'm I'm much slower. I get sidetracked by
0: clothes and. But here's here's the thing though, is that so I I do a quick scan. She does a slower scan than I do, and yet she's found stuff that I've missed because I was mm-hmm. going too fast. Mm-hmm. So. You know, working as a team that way has actually worked out pretty well for us because there's been a lot of times where, you know, uh, especially if we go to like a flea market or something like that, she'll call me on the phone and she'll say, hey, have you been to you know such and such? Have you been down like aisle seven or whatever? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, did you see this? And mm-hmm. I'll totally missed it because I was doing like a really fast scan. So like my method is, is I'll I'll hit a place. I'll do like a really quick scan. I'll come back and I'll, you know, kind of do like a, a more detailed scan. But you got to do that kind of stuff in order to, like, like she said, to uh, be the early bird that gets the worm,
1: and keep moving. Yeah, keep moving. Especially like if it's a a neighborhood yard sale, a community will post that. You know, there'll be like ten or twelve houses in in addition having a a rummage sale, and those are our favorite because we'll park and we don't have to wait on each other, and he can do his flybys, and, and then I bring up the rear, and, um, you know, you can spend, a, you know, a good couple hours in one neighborhood and and not have to drive over, all over town, and those yeah. are de- definitely our favorites.
0: In terms of yard sales, hunting for treasure, na- neighborhood yard sales, where you can hit, like, you know, 20 or 30 at once, that's mm-hmm. that's really the best bet. Um, so what's next on our list?
1: Well, I just, one more thing I want to mention about that is housing additions and how the new or the old. Oh
0: yeah. You know, because. Okay. So here's an observation we've made and we've listened to a bunch of other podcasts on mm-hmm. this topic and.
1: Seems to ring true.
0: Well, I don't know. So there, are, yeah. there are other people we've listened to who have had a, a difference of opinion here. What we've noticed is that, um, how do I put this? So. Newer neighborhoods and more affluent neighborhoods don't tend to be the best place to go find stuff. Right. And okay. that seems counterintuitive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But what we have found is that more affluent neighborhoods tend to have fewer deals. They might have better quality stuff. That might be true. Although we haven't really found that to be true.
1: Yeah, but they price everything. Accordingly. Retail. I yeah, mean, it's, it's like, like there are no retail. deals to be had.
0: No, they uh, I, it's been our experience that in in more affluent neighborhoods or newer neighborhoods mm-hmm. that they are less likely to negotiate. Um they tend to like like Libby said they tend to price things kind of like full retail. Mm-hmm. So we usually avoid those. The funny thing about here's the other thing about newer neighborhoods. So when you go to an old neighborhood, you know, where the houses are maybe were maybe built 20 or 30 years ago or whatever. Um you find stuff that's been in those houses for a long time, right? So people people have lived there. Maybe people have lived there for 15 or 20 or 30 years. They've had years.
1: time to collect. Right. They've
0: had time to accumulate mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So they are they tend to be more likely to have old stuff, vintage stuff, which is what we're usually on the lookout for.
1: You know, if you're looking for baby clothes, then you want to go to the newer housing additions where young families tend to purchase. Right. And that's what you're going to find, baby clothes, baby gear, you know, strollers
0: that, and yeah,
1: um, all that kind of stuff. We tend to just drive right by. Yeah. Those. Because
0: we're not looking for baby clothes. No,
1: not anymore.
0: No, that's that ship has sailed a long
1: time ago. It's gone. So
0: anyway. Um, yeah. So we we tend to avoid the more affluent neighborhoods. The only time we go there is maybe like if there's a neighborhood sale or something like that. But we have found I, t- I tell you what in in a college town. What we have found is that the students yes the, when the students like have these they're it, notorious for having like these impromptu end
1: of semester yeah end,
0: end of semester pop-up garage sales and they'll do it on a Tuesday
1: yeah
0: you know and they'll they'll like start it at noon. Because they don't get out of bed until then,
1: and they'll throw a bunch of blankets on the lawn and,
0: and toss all the crap out there, and they'll, they will practically give it away. Do you
1: remember the one we went to? It was a, a international student, and it was in his apartment. We had to, yeah. play, and he was selling. You got tons of electronics,
0: yeah, lots of electronics and tools and stuff for
1: he, nothing. He
0: he um was from China, and he couldn't ship. He he had gotten a four year degree from the local college. And so he had been here for a while, had time to accumulate a bunch of stuff and he couldn't ship it back home because it was too expensive. So he, and you know, he had like a plane to catch. So Mm -hmm. he was basically just giving it all away. Mm -hmm. I bought like a brand new drill for $3 and I bought a coffee table for like two bucks. It was, you know, those kind of sales are, are pretty frequent come come end of semester so if you live in a college town yeah definitely look for that stuff i actually know someone locally who dumpster dives and Mm -hmm. he makes like most of his living dumpster diving and then selling the stuff on ebay
1: because the college kids especially we our college has a large international population and you know they can't ship it back home or it costs too much the furniture obviously they can't ship if they can't sell it they leave it, and and fortunately, our, our the local college does a, a program where they collect it all and resell it back to students in the fall. You know, to try to keep it out of landfills and such. But, which
0: you know, it sounds like a racket that mm-hmm. you know that the college does that, but it's it's actually like like Libby said, it's actually a really good thing because it keeps couches from ending up on the curb. You know. Um, if you've ever, if you live in a college town or if you've ever been through a college town, like between semesters, you know how it gets, you know, yeah. like the dumpsters are overflowing and there's furniture on the, out on the street and it just kind of gets out of control. So it's actually a good thing. And um, it's something that we, we also try to contribute to, like I said, by, you know, fi- finding this stuff and giving it a new home.
1: Right. So I, I'm a, I were big into Oh, uh, anything that we can keep from a landfill is yeah. Is if you if you win. look
0: if you look at our um, website, that's kind of part of our it's kind of our p- part of our motivation. I've obviously we want to make money, but a big part of our motivation is that we're all about like reusing and recycling, and it is you know um, kind of ingrained into everything we do. So it, we're going to do again. This this will be a topic for a whole other episode. But, you know, all all of our packing supplies, Mm -hmm. you know, probably 95% of our packing supplies are all recycled, all stuff that we've Mm -hmm. scavenged. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, a lot of the stuff that we find to sell is um, repurposed, Mm -hmm. scavenged. I've even, you know, we've even bought things that we have refurbished so we can resell.
1: Right. But I will say the grandmother of all sales is the 127 corridor sale.
0: Yeah, so I, I put this under the garage sale category. I'm not sure that I would... It's kind of a thing all its own. It's not exactly a flea market, not exactly a garage sale. It's, it's a big, long series of garage sales.
1: It starts up in Michigan. And it's called 127 because it is, is it a highway or a state road, 127? Yeah,
0: I guess. I'm, I'm directionally illiterate, but yeah, I believe it is a highway. Highway,
1: yeah, because I mean, it's two two lanes, four lanes, but it starts up in Michigan, goes down through Ohio, through Kentucky, through Tennessee, Chattanooga takes a sharp kind of turn west and ends up in Gadsden, Alabama. And, and it is. Oh my God, we have done it um, twice. We've done twice. it twice now.
0: If if you are a garage selling kind of person, if you're a thrifty kind of person, if this if this if going to yard sales and flea markets, if that's your hobby, this will blow your mind. This, this is a mecca. This is your mecca. Yeah, it is huge.
1: We have um, done. We started the last two years in Frank Frankfort, Kentucky, which is just east of Louisville. And we have only made it, um, took us eight hours. Eight hours to
0: do like five miles or something like that. It was was more than that. It was about 20 miles. Yeah.
1: Um, and literally on either side of the road, there are, you know, where there might be a cornfield and where there are several turn rows, they will literally, there will be 25 people set up selling stuff or church parking lots uh parks um i mean just yeah, let, every place along this road there are just people set up selling stuff
0: yeah let me set the stage for you here so you imagine you, you're on this road you're on this highway and you come over the hill into a town into a little town with maybe a population of like i don't know 3000 people yep. and imagine that like this little town has no one's ever had any garage sales. They hold off all until this one day. That's what it's like. So mm-hmm. ev- like almost everybody participates. You come into the town and everywhere you look is a yard sale mm-hmm. everywhere. And when there's not yard sales, there's big open fields where there's like, you know, 25 booths set up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just one after the other. And then it's just a whole string of these little towns.
1: This happens, uh, Always the first weekend in August, so it's hotter than Hades. Two years ago, I thought we were going to melt. Oh. Last year was much better, so you just never know. Two years ago, it was muddy, super super muddy. So you just the weather. Um, the
0: weather doesn't seem to slow anybody down. This no. thing is this thing is huge, and people you know people show up from all over. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if this is your kind of thing, if um, treasure hunting, suburban treasure hunting is your kind of thing, you. have you can't miss this because it is... I mean, because is... there's
1: everything from antiques, clothes. Uh, we saw people with trailers hooked to their cars, loading up on furniture, probably antique dealers.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I will I...
1: say the last two years, we did the same stretch and we saw the same stuff. So next year, we're going to change it up and uh, and do a different sections because, you know, just want to see more of it.
0: Yeah. It definitely pays to mix it up. Mm-hmm. But it is not to be missed if this like i said if this is your thing this, it's not to be missed people come from all over to do this and it's a great way to find um, the hidden gems yep. you, know, you hear me use that term a lot but you know my definition of hidden gems are the kind of things where they don't see the light of day very often you know the kind of stuff that you're not going to find at goodwill And you're not going to find at a thrift store, probably not even going to find it at a garage sale. This is stuff where, you know, somebody's cleaned out a barn and things haven't seen the light of day maybe for, you know, 30 years. Mm -hmm. So it's a great, great way to find that kind of stuff.
1: So if you're anywhere close in the Midwest, um, check it out. It's 127 corridor sale. It's all over online and they have, you know, uh, route info and they list uh, route stops with by like number of vendors. And it is I think it's David's like favorite weekend of the year. He just I think he's just
0: it is. It's like Christmas and Halloween combined.
1: Yeah, he just gets so excited. He just can't stand it.
0: Okay, so uh, next up on our list, I think, is estate sales and auctions. Mm-hmm.
1: Probably the things we hit the least.
0: Yeah, so we went from like one of our favorite things to one of our less favorite things. Um,
1: I've been trying to get you to go to an au- auctions here lately. I,
0: I like auctions. I really do like auctions. And we found some. I mean, like one of the best things we ever found was uh, at an auction. We found a, a a painting that we sold for for quite a bit at an auction. And I don't have anything against them, but they are very hit or miss. So, you know, like one of the advantages of an auction is it's a lot of stuff in one spot. So that's, that right. is definitely nice.
1: It's a good alternate winter activity, usually on Friday, Saturday, or Sundays.
0: Yeah, not, not all auctions are outside. Where we live, most auctions are actually indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know like in some parts of the country, if you go to an auction, that, that, kind of a means that you're doing something outdoors, but Mm -hmm. not, not in our particular case, most auctions where we live are consignment auctions. So you'll have an auction house where people will, you know, usually multiple people, maybe like three or four people will bring stuff and they'll consign the auction house to sell it. And like, they'll throw the, throw the doors open on a Friday night and people will come and you'll get there like at five o'clock and they'll have like an hour or two inspection period. And then you get to start bidding on stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. I know if you want to I always look up it's called auctionzip.com it's the same principle you put in a zip code and it will show you you put in how many miles you're willing to travel and it'll show you auctions for the month in your area and a lot of times if you go to the specific auction website they'll have photos of the items that are coming up. Like this week.
0: Yeah. And that's something that we definitely pay attention to because there's nothing worse than like going to an auction where it's like sight unseen and you get there and it's like.
1: Longer burger baskets.
0: Longer burger baskets. Don't get me started. Or, you know, tons of like antique furniture, which we, which we personally have no, um, no desire to look for. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: little dab little dabbies. It's
0: so weird. I don't know why this is, but a, a lot of like flea markets and auctions we go to, people will have these like boxes big of f- boxes of food. Um I'm sure somebody out there probably knows what,
1: like an out a bakery outlet or something. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. I'm not I'm not plugged into that community, so I mm-hmm. don't know what's going on there. But yeah, we we see a lot of that where mm-hmm. where um, auctions or or flea markets they'll have these booths where people are selling food. I think that maybe is getting ready to expire or whatever, and they get a really yeah. good deal on it. I don't
1: know. I just morally can't do that, so
0: I, just, <laughs> I, I walk by. I don't know. I don't know what's behind that, but yeah, that's stuff we're not interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, however. If you are into high end stuff, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking for, you know, antique Civil War stuff, or if you're like into gold pocket watches, you know, auctions and estate sales, mm-hmm. probably the best place to look. Um, you may not get the best deal, but uh, you know, if if that's the stuff that you're looking for to collect or even to flip, you know, that mm-hmm. that's a really good place to look. Yeah. But like, and I say, they're
1: fun. They usually have like a. Um, a cafe or a, a snack bar. You can do dinner. We always have a, you know, we always yeah, have fun. Th-
0: that's how we look at it. Is we kind of make auctions like a date night. You yeah. know, we just we just look at it as something fun. And if we find stuff, great. If you don't find stuff, no big deal. We just right. we go and we eat the food and and make a fun night out of it. But
1: that's... if you if you are going to an auction, you know, if the auction starts at six o'clock, go at five o'clock because you need time to walk around. You need to see what they have. You need to see what you're interested in, you know, and
0: most importantly, you need to look at the stuff and check for damage.
1: Right. This is
0: where people really get in trouble at auctions is because something comes up and they're interested in it and they're really excited and they bid on it. And, you know, nothing against auctions. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not bad mouthing them or anything like that, but they're not always very careful Mm-hmm. About revealing flaws or damage on stuff that they put up. Some yeah. auctions are better than others, but a lot of times they're just going through stuff so fast that they, you know, that they don't necessarily have time to inspect it. And this is where people get in trouble because you know they'll buy glassware or something and they'll find out that it's chipped because they didn't look beforehand. Mm.
1: This got me a few weeks ago. I bid on a, a box lot simply because there was a gobel. Hummel figurine in there and I saw it, didn't really get a good look at it and I won the auction but he was chipped and... As they
0: often are. Yeah,
1: so I was bummed. I'm, you know, quicker on the draw and Dave definitely takes a little bit more time to look at that stuff. So
0: So that's, you know, that's one of the um, advantages is, you know, quality stuff, a lot of stuff in one spot. Um, You can find the hidden gems, it's another place to find hidden gems is mm-hmm. auctions and estate sales. Like I said, if you're if you're looking for specific high-end things, auctions are a good place to find it because if you, if you use a, um, a website like AuctionZip, you can look and see what's going to be sold before you go. Right. Now, the cons, the disadvantages to auctions, um, and one of the reasons why I don't like them very much is because... It's a, it's really easy to overpay for things. Mm-hmm. Now I always do research one way or the other, you know, I always try to do research on something before I spend money on it, but you know, in the heat of the moment, it's really easy to get caught up in things. And a lot of people get in trouble that way at auctions. You know, they, it's, it's a psychological thing where you don't like to get outbid, you know, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a competition. It's competitive. Um, we, when I, back when I was buying um, vintage toys to resell, The, there was an auction that we went to quite often where there was this guy who was like my nemesis and everything Mm -hmm. I wanted, uh, this guy had like deep pockets and everything I wanted, he and I would just go, it would be, he, just me and him in the whole room going head to head every time. And he always won, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm, I do have pretty good self-control in those instances, uh, uh, but also because I don't have, you know, the deep pockets to pay big bucks for stuff like that anyway. So there's that problem. Um, the other problem is is that while you can find high-end stuff, a lot of auctions, it's a, it's a lot of you know junk, box right. lots. Box lots are you know, both good and bad. Right. You, can, you can get a lot of stuff really cheap, but a lot of times you're just getting somebody else's junk.
1: Right. If they can't get any bids on a box, we will say well, somebody take it.
0: We, we've had a lot of situations where we bought a box lot, because there was like maybe two things in the whole box that we wanted and we got it all home and then you have to find something to do with all the other crap that is really just crap.
1: A few weeks ago we were at the the auction where I got the the Hummel figurine um, and the we took the items we wanted and and we left what we didn't want so they could auction it again. So I don't So know. they got
0: double the money that way. Sure. You know. And I didn't have to take it home and in in situations where You end up with a bunch of stuff left over, you know, when you buy a box lot, you can always just donate it to Goodwill. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not that big a deal, but it's kind of, it's kind of a pain. Another disadvantage to auctions is that, you know, like I said, it's, it's easy to overbid on something, but also people kind of go nuts and sometimes it's hard to find deals because I'll give you a, for instance, comic books. People are under the impression that all comic books are valuable because they're comic books. There's a lot of people out there that think that way. I'm not a comic book collector. I read a lot of comic books when I was a kid. I used to have a really big collection. But I know enough to know that most comic books, they printed thousands of, hundreds of thousands of, and most comic books are not rare. Mm -hmm. But anytime you go to an auction and they throw up a box of comic books... People go crazy because they think that there's going to be some, you know, like.
1: Super rare.
0: Yeah. Action comics, number one, the first appearance of Superman, and they're going to get it for a quarter. Mm -hmm. And that just is not going to happen. But, yeah, so so that's the one of the things you run into at auctions is that people will assume that something is valuable when it's not. And they'll bid it up really high It wastes time, you know. I think there's, like, this impression that auctions, like, you know, go by really fast.
1: They do not. They do not.
0: We've been to a lot of auctions that they are slow and they drag on.
1: The auctioneer will start something at at $1, $2, $2, $2, $5, $5, $10, $10. And he will go on literally forever. And at some point, just pull the trigger and end the auction. Yeah, it, it just it, it drives me insane.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't blame. So his his job is to get as much money as he can for his client for the people who are you know selling through the the consignment. So you know that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to you know maximize. But there comes a point where it just kind of gets ridiculous. You know, they'll they'll hold on, you know, you'll get they'll get a $10 bid on something and they'll hold on that forever.
1: I mean, you got two candle holders up there and a $10 bid and you know, the you're now at 5 minutes. I mean, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just frustrating.
0: It is frustrating. So, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons that I tend to avoid auctions unless we're just kind of doing it for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Okay, so next up on our list, ah, flea markets. So we've kind of talked about flea markets a little bit. Before I talk about the pros and cons, I have to make a distinction because where we live, um, people have this definition of flea markets that I don't buy into. There are a lot of places here that are like indoor flea markets, right? Where it's a bunch of booths Set and, up in
1: an you know an old Kmart location. Yeah,
0: like like an like an old Kmart that's closed and they'll throw a flea market in there and they'll and they'll rent booths out to people. And these are not really flea markets. These are what I would call consignment stores.
1: Right. And
0: here's here's the difference, here's the distinction, is that a flea market, in my book, is someplace where you go and somebody has got a booth and you can talk to them and you can negotiate and you can make an offer and buy something directly from that person these indoor flea markets tend to be a place where it's like a permanent location and the booths are there every day. The people who own the booths and own the stuff in the booths are not there. You can't talk to them. You can't negotiate. Sometimes you get lucky and maybe somebody will have a sign that says, Hey, if you want a better price on something, here's my phone number. Give me a call. That is usually not the case. So a lot of, in the Midwest, a lot of what people call flea markets are not flea markets at all. They're just consignment stores. They're just big consignment stores. And I mean, they're okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the winter
0: time we we go to those because there's no garage sales to go to and so they're okay.
1: You can get your steps in yeah, walking get, around.
0: Yeah. yeah. Get your 10,000 steps. You know, in.
1: I have found a lot of um, just like home decor and, you know, clothes and you know, just random stuff and it's a good afternoon activity for the winter.
0: Yeah, I mean, get get your steps in and you can find stuff for yourself. You know, if you don't find something to flip, to resell, maybe you can find something for yourself or your house or find clothes or whatever. So it's it's not a um, trip made in vain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, it's it's not necessarily my favorite um, venue for finding stuff to flip. But in the wintertime, in a pinch, yeah, in, the indoor consignment stores are great. But they're not flea markets. That's, right. that's where I draw the line. They're not flea markets. So So now that we've made that distinction and you know the difference – Flea markets, which I consider outdoor places, um, typically where it's, they set up in the morning. Right, it's a pop up kind of thing. It's not like a it's not usually a permanent. There are some permanent flea markets. There are some permanent outdoor flea markets, um, and they are not necessarily my favorite. And I'll tell you why here in a minute. But the flea markets where it's a pop up thing, and somebody like comes on a you know Friday night or a Saturday morning, they throw a booth up, they put their stuff out on a table. Those are my favorite. I like those the best.
1: I will say, like um, in Chicago, we went to the I think it's the Allstate Arena, and like which is an indoor. No, that one's the outdoor. Oh, it is in the, in the parking it, lot. It's like
0: indoor outdoor, isn't it? Is no. it both? Uh-oh, oh, it's all outdoor.
1: Um, so it's where the the hockey team plays, and but in the they have a huge parking lot because it's a sporting arena, and on Sunday mornings. Uh, they people start setting up at five, six o'clock, and I meet. How many were there that day? I mean, it was. <laughs> I've never seen so many people in one place. I mean, just booth after booth after row after row after row, and so that is a flea market to me.
0: Yeah, sadly, where we live, we live in Indiana, and where we live, there's really nothing like that here. I I don't know what it is. We can drive in any direction and find an honest and true flea market. And there just aren't very many in our state. We have to Mm-mm. pretty much leave the state if we want to find one. Yeah, But so out, outdoor flea markets, um, the advantages they have are it's a good place, again, to find like the hidden gems, the stuff that, you know, you're not going to find at a garage sale probably, mm-hmm. and the, the, the kind of stuff that is, um, you know, sought after on eBay. The reason I bring up hidden gems so much is because most of what you find on eBay is stuff that you could find anyplace else. You could find right. it on Amazon, or you could walk into Walmart and maybe find it. A lot of what's on eBay is that kind of stuff. But the most um, lucrative stuff to resell on eBay is the stuff that you can't find someplace else. You know, the right. vintage stuff, the rare collectibles and things like unique,
1: that. The, one yeah, of. the unique, the one The the unique,
0: the strange and unusual, and... Flea markets are a good place to find that kind of stuff.
1: I know. I was just so excited. We went to a flea market in in Indianapolis a couple weekends ago, and I picked up these two little dolls, and Dave's always telling me, look for something unique that you've never seen before.
0: And these were unique.
1: Yeah, this guy had a big uh, tray of just, there was some like Happy Meal toys mixed in, and I saw these two, they were kind of looked like bean bag. Dolls. They, but they were, they look like fruit. They had like a fruit.
0: I think they're, I think they're actually called fruit fruit, babies. fruit
1: babies. The tags on them said small, small world. And I thought, I have never seen these before. And I thought, okay. And the guy said, I'm standing there looking at them. There was two. And the guy's like, a dollar each. I'm like, okay, for two dollars. So I took them and got them home and researched them. And it took me forever to find anything on them. And then what, we just sold them for.
0: Yeah, they f- they flipped really quick. We sold those for twenty some dollars. Twenty some dollars. So we made like like I don't know twenty times our money, or ten just times our money.
1: Super excited to find something unique that I'd never seen before. So yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what Dave means is but with his hidden gem is you know he's just always looking for something he's never seen before because odds are if he you know if he's not seen it then it is unique or different or one of or whatever the case may be.
0: So. um Another pro, of course, with flea markets is that it's efficient, right? Because it's a lot of stuff in one place. Mm -hmm. So you can get a lot of bang for your buck that way. Um, A lot of flea markets we go to, they charge like an entrance fee and they maybe charge you to park or whatever, but it tends to be worth it because, like I said, you you can hit a lot of stuff at at one time. um, The people who have the stuff are there. You can negotiate with them.
1: And chances are... You know, if you've ever set up at uh, you know set up a booth somewhere, you know how much work it is, and you know they're happy to not have to pack it all up and take it back right, home. Right, right. So they are typically pretty motivated to make deals.
0: If you go to a weekend flea market, there are advantages to going on the first day, right? First thing, because you have first crack at.
1: We had this conversation recently.
0: Yeah, you have first first crack at stuff. However, there's also an advantage to going on the last day. Right, because know?
1: on the first day, you know, if they just opened two hours ago... They're, they're probably gonna, not
0: going to negotiate.
1: Right. They're going to be less inclined to bring down their prices. Because if they've got still got all day tomorrow to sell, you know, then uh, probably not.
0: But if you go on the, the next day, the last day, day, like Sunday, let's say it goes through Sunday... You know they're contemplating having to load all this stuff up and take it back home, and so they're a lot more motivated. Right. So you may you know you may not find the um, necessarily the best stuff, but it, like I said, it's a good time to negotiate. And so the disadvantage to flea markets, I've already covered one of them, which is that they're not all created equal. Some of them are actually not what I call flea markets; they're consignment shops. Another disadvantage is that some flea markets are. You know, flea markets tend to have personalities like people. Mm-hmm. And some flea-, flea markets are, you know, kind of more geared to one kind of thing than another. And there are a lot of flea markets that are geared towards antiques, towards like right. like old, old antiques, which is, the, you know, maybe that's your thing. That is not our thing. We're mm-hmm. more into, you know, like kitschy collectibles and vintage toys and things like that and not so much, you know, like old chests of drawers and Victorian furniture and, and stuff like that.
1: Fenton glassware. And
0: yeah, that's things. not, that's not really our thing. Yeah. And we don't know a whole lot about it. And that stuff tends to be expensive. The people who have that stuff, they kind of know what it's worth. They're not mm-hmm. really there to, you know, they're, they're selling it full retail. right? Whatever that thing is, whatever the top end of that, you know, of the price range of that thing, that's probably what they're selling it at.
1: A lot of times you'll find these. In the winter, I think we're going to one here in a couple weeks, it's a flea market and indoor garage sale kind of mixed together where any Joe off the street can, come, you know, buy a booth and come in and throw down whatever he's got.
0: And that is the flip side. So you've got these high-end flea markets. Like I said, it's all antiques and expensive stuff, and there's not very much opportunity to buy something for for resale, there's there's just not there's a lot of meat left on the bone there. Yeah, the flip side of that is what Libby was just talking about, which is there's a lot of these flea markets where um, it is um, import stuff from China, right? You know, you'll see like just tables and tables of like tools and household items and stuff like that, and it's just all cheap import stuff that somebody got from China, or it'll be like food, like we talked about earlier, it'll be. You know, somebody who has bought like closeout out items from a store mm-hmm. and it's like food that's getting ready to expire. There is a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. There's one flea market we went to in, in Louisville, and man, that place was crazy. It was like some international bazaar. Mm-hmm. People had like everything from lawnmowers to fresh produce to, um, there was like this one booth that had, um, uh, restaurant kitchen equipment. They were yeah. selling re- selling brand new restaurant kitchen mm-hmm. equipment out of a flea market booth, mm-hmm. like b- big, huge fryers, and mm-hmm. like I, they had like a walk in a walk in fridge off the back of a truck sitting out there. It was insane,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can, and I, I'm pretty sure somebody had a goat.
1: Yeah, I think there was li- or chickens <laughs> or, or chickens I don't know. or something. Yeah, yeah, you will see livestock at flea market sometimes. so yeah. don't be surprised.
0: So so those are the kind of the disadvantages of flea markets. I think the advantages typically outweigh the disadvantages. It mm-hmm. just pays to kind of do your research beforehand so you know what you're getting into. Right. Okay. So next on the list, um, one of our personal favorites, of course, is thrift stores. And again, not all thrift stores are created equal. And mm-hmm. Libby and I kind of differ on – well, maybe we don't. I think we, we probably do agree on our favorite thrift stores. I think that she likes Goodwill better than I do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But – yeah,
1: I think Goodwill is. I like it because if I have a free hour, I can go in there oh, and yeah. you know putter around for an hour.
0: Yeah, that's true. I I I wasn't thinking of it that way, but it it is true. Like if you got some time to kill or whatever, yeah. I I've definitely found some good stuff at Goodwill. I I found a Hero Quest board game mm-hmm. um, from I think like the '90s that I bought for a dollar ninety nine and I sold for I don't know seventy five dollars. So, you know, they, they definitely have stuff. The thing about Goodwill is, and any, anybody who does what we do, you, you already know this, which is that they, their prices have steadily gone up over mm-hmm. the last several years. Right. Goodwill has kind of gotten savvy to the thrift resale game, mm-hmm. and they have started raising their own prices. They've yeah. also started selling their stuff on, like, online auctions and mm-hmm. things like that. And, again, you can't blame them. They have a mission to fulfill. They've got, you know, very worthwhile programs that they're trying to fund and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so their goal is to make as much money as they can. And so I don't blame them. I know a lot of people are kind of bitter. A lot of people who do what we do, who buy stuff to to flip, to sell on eBay, um, are kind of bitter about it. I don't blame Goodwill at all. But it doesn't necessarily make them, you know, like the best place to look for stuff anymore, in my opinion.
1: You can always go. I think that in our area, on the first Saturday of every month, everything is half off. But it is...
0: It is insane.
1: Crazy. I mean, the line to check out wraps around the store. And crowded, and you can't, you know, can't drive your cart or your buggy or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, we tend to avoid them on those days. Um, now... My favorite thing, and I don't know how Dave feels about this is the goodwill bins, yeah i I love them. I love them. I want to go to them. Can we go to them?
0: <laughs> Not right now. Um, yeah, she really likes the bins i do,
1: and I think it's just
0: okay, but first we you know yeah. in case you don't know here's here's what she's talking about. So Goodwill has outlet stores, you know, just like um
1: if something doesn't sell at the regular goodwill stores.
0: Yeah, it ends up getting dumped at an outlet store. So this stuff is sold. I kid you not. If you're again, you know, if you do this like we do, if you're already doing this, then this is old news. But if you're new to this, then you probably aren't aware. But at these outlet stores, they sell stuff by the pound. Right. It's just loaded up into these big bins, and you go and you sift through it, and it's like basically it's like going through the reject pile. It's kind of like you know when you were when you were a kid and you would like go through the lost and found at school right. that's what it's like it looks like it looks like the biggest high school in the world's lost and found
1: yeah it's just crazy and they bring these bins out every i don't know i'm not sure hour or two hours and they line them up and then people just dive into them and i think it is just the just, thrill of the hunt for me and i'm just like we're going again soon
0: and i think it's kind of disgusting But, you know, whatever. Um, You have to wear gloves. You really do. Because, I mean, it's just just so much questionable stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have to sit through it all. And it's just like lots of people elbowing you out of the way to try Mm -hmm. to find stuff. So...
1: But, I mean, like, we... The first time we went, I think... I forget how much we... We paid maybe 30 bucks.
0: Yeah, 30 bucks for... And
1: then... it averaged out to fifty-eight cents an item, or something.
0: Yeah, so practically free. You and know? I
1: mean, you know, that was stuff that we, you know, put in our eBay store.
0: If I had to guess, I would say, you know, like that thirty bucks probably flips to, you know, three fifty or four hundred dollars. Right. So it's right. a pretty good ROI, pretty good return on investment. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's you know, there's is some work involved. It's kind of um. I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of gross. You got to put gloves on. I would I would definitely recommend gloves. And you just got to dive in there. And you're never going to find anything, you know, hugely valuable. I'm
1: not in our area, but I, I watch these the YouTube videos of other flippers. And I, I think know. it depends on part of the country because my land, some of these flippers find awesome stuff.
0: Or maybe they're lying.
1: No, they aren't. <laughs> They got their GoPro on. I can see it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I trust you. I believe you. But in, in my, in our experience going to the bins, it's, you know, it's okay. It's so, so. Again, it's another one of those kind of things that around here where we live in the wintertime, sure, why not? You in know, in the
1: summertime.
0: Mostly in the wintertime.
1: Summertime.
0: Mm, yeah, once in a while. <laughs>
1: Like I said, she she she
0: likes the bins <laughs> a lot. I I think I it's do. like
1: it's like the thrill of the hunt or something. I'm like, get out of my way! But I it, want that.
0: But every place has the thrill of the hunt. I don't know. No, I don't no, know. no.
1: This is no. This is different. I don't know. I'm ready to go.
0: Ugh. <laughs> mm, well, I may just let you have at it.
1: So that's the deal on the Goodwill bins.
0: Yeah. So Goodwill bins. That's that's an option um, if you're into that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. We did uh, recently for the first time went into a Salvation Army. This one said Salvation Army Family Donation Center, and it was pretty big, and they had a lot of nice stuff, um, but it was priced. Accordingly. Yeah, I mean
0: Salvation Army is doing the same kind of thing Goodwill is. You know, sure, they, they they've know. been they've been steadily upping their prices. They know that there are a lot of people coming in there and buying stuff for resale, and mm-hmm. and you know they're trying not to leave any money on the table. And again, I don't blame them. I'm not bitter about it. I totally get it. Right. It just means that it's, you know, some place that I'm probably not going to go to as often to look mm-hmm. for things to resell. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, pretty much anytime I go to Goodwill or any anytime I, f- I go to Salvation Army or whatever, I find something. I always find something.
1: Right.
0: And I, I usually find stuff at the bins too, you know? Yep. And again, I'm you're not going to find like, at least in my experience, you're not going to find something for 58 cents that you're going to sell for like $500. That's probably right. not going to happen. It's
1: probably more like you're kind of bread and butter stuff like those yeah,
0: like filler stuff you know
1: 20 bucks or 25 or 30 you know
0: if your goal is to kind of work off volume you that, know the bins is the, where you want to go then the bins are a good place to go yeah, yeah. If, if you're looking for a lot to find a lot of stuff really cheap that you can sell mm-hmm. and make money on and not necessarily make a you know a lot of money on each individual thing but you know make make your money in volume then, you know, that's that's a good way to do it.
1: And it would be good, too, I mean, if you're just starting out and you need inventory.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's totally. It's a so good place to so get if you're just, a lot quick. If you're just embarking on this treasure hunting journey, then, yeah, the, the bins are a good way to, you know, find a lot of stuff quick and get your store up and going with mm-hmm. with some filler. We did you that. Know. That was yeah. one
1: of our first or yep. second uh, trips.
0: Now, um, my favorite kind of thrift store experience is, and this is something that we've, Kind of been getting more into lately are the out of the way places the mom and pop places that are not part of a chain like Goodwill or Salvation Army. these are thrift stores that are sometimes they're run by a church or um, you know some other like nonprofit organization or whatever and you know one of the one of the cons of goodwill or Salvation Army is that there's no price negotiation but at these mom and pop places a lot of times you can negotiate price
1: All right right um, we found several here in our area
0: we found we just found one place where it everything is a quarter and it's crazy scary inside it's crazy scary inside it looks kind of unsafe they've got like shelves that are that look like they have not been um, maintained in you know ever, ever that are, are like ready to fall over or whatever so so it's kind of like in at your own risk but it's worth it because lots of good stuff, really cheap, practically free. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and
1: I think what we bought there, well, I we spent six dollars and fifty cents there. Yeah, and this we sold-
0: the, this place was part of our like um, two hour twenty dollar challenge, you know, and like like Libby said, we spent six dollars and fifty cents, and we've already sold stuff out of that batch for how much do you think? Well,
1: you sold two of those heat tape things for thirty bucks,
0: right? So that, that right there was, what, I mean, paid for five, five times our money right there.
1: So, and we got,
0: found, found a silk scarf there. A cashmere scarf yeah. Oh, cash, yeah, that's what it was, cashmere uh, scarf.
1: Some Merrill shoes. You found the heat tape.
0: Yeah. Mm. So, so probably that, that little $6.50 investment is going to end up being, I don't know, maybe $150, $200. Mm. Yeah. Possibly.
1: And I think the name of the store is like the 25 cent store. It was crazy. Um, and literally they had one small kind of like boutique area where things were more than a quarter, but literally everything was co- a quarter. And Dave and I were in there. And I mean, we had to use the flashlights on our phone because it wasn't.
0: It was dark. They didn't have light. They didn't have heat. Yeah, it was raining. <laughs> that's that's the kind of situation we're talking about. It here. was crazy. So so I would advise that if um, if you haven't. You know, if um, you like thrift stores, if you haven't had this experience, you know of, of shopping at the mom and pop places, give it a try. Look in your area, mm-hmm. see if, see if you can find independent um, thrift stores, and uh, check it out. You're again, you're probably not going to find. Um, any huge hidden gems, you're probably not going to find any like $5 thing that you're going to make $500 on, but you might, you're a lot more likely to find it there than you are at Goodwill. Right. Um, like I said, Goodwill has gotten, you know, savvy to this stuff and they've gotten really good about like, they look it up. Yeah, they do. They look it up. You know, they do the same thing we do. They get online and they look, look up stuff on eBay to see what it's worth. And so a lot of stuff a lot of the a lot of the good stuff that Goodwill gets doesn't ever end up on their shelf. It mm-hmm. ends up, you know, in their own auction space.
1: Or they have these separate stores called Vintage Vogues.
0: Yeah, Vintage Vogue. Oh. So um we have one in our town, a Vintage Vogue, and it, it is actually a Goodwill kind of outlet store and that's what they that's where they reserve, you know, the good stuff. Right. The more high end stuff. So For the
1: higher prices. Yeah,
0: for the higher prices. So you're not you know, at, at Goodwill, you're not likely to find anything major that you're going to be able to flip. But at the mom and pop places, you just might. Mm-hmm. We actually went to one. We went to an independent um, thrift store this past weekend, and
1: I mean, driving by it,
0: it looked like nothing from like the outside. A
1: hole in the wall looked
0: like absolutely nothing from but the we're outside.
1: We're like, okay, why not?
0: Yeah, but we decided to give it a shot, and we went inside, and they had a whole aisle of what you might call, like, guy stuff. So it was tools and old radios and stuff like that, and it was all half off. That one aisle was all half off, and I just started loading up, you know. Every time Um, I
1: turned around, he was taking more stuff to the pile.
0: (laughs) I found, like, a a vintage um, base station CB radio that was... $10, ten dollars half off so I got it for five dollars looked it up on eBay and it was going for about hundred thirty so you know obvious an obvious uh, grab right there mm-hmm. and found all kinds of stuff like that so some new
1: in-box stuff that
0: yeah some new inbox stuff some n- some um, new old stock um, like vintage car parts they had I didn't buy any but mm-hmm. they but they had them and I know there's a market for that kind of stuff so d- definitely the kind of stuff you wouldn't find at goodwill. Um prices that you wouldn't find at Goodwill. The um we didn't we didn't negotiate the prices because they were so good, but the yeah. owner the owner of the store was right there and you could have. We could have talked to her and, and probably asked. So yeah. Um but that's something we're definitely gonna explore a lot more of mm-hmm. when we when we travel. You know, we've I think we found most of these like independent um thrift stores in our area. That's something we've not looked at when we've traveled elsewhere. Because we travel right. all over. We go all over the Midwest. Up and down the East Coast. We haven't done much out West yet, but mm-hmm. we will someday, I'm sure.
1: Well, in, in August. Yeah, in August, Us, actually. We have a trip planned out West. We have a, a
0: trip planned out to California. You so. know,
1: and wherever you go, I mean, I always look to see what's close. You know, Right.
0: That's another piece of advice. Is, and it's always
1: so fun because it seems like, you know, a flea market or a Goodwill or a thrift store, you know, that's not in your hometown has Better stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's what that are... it's that grass is greener thing. Maybe I don't, I don't I don't know, but it's um it's a it's a fun thing to do. So like when you do road trips someplace, you know while you're there, check out the thrift stores.
1: Yeah, I mean like if you're going someplace over Christmas, Google you know flea markets or thrift stores near me, and uh, just go in and see what they got.
0: Yeah. So that is pretty much all we've got for this episode. Um, We would love to hear it if if you've got ideas or if you've had experiences traveling someplace and you have found, um, you know, like a venue for thrifting or for buying stuff to sell on eBay that we didn't mention or, you know, a a particular success that you've had going to one of these venues. Let us know. We would love to hear about it. So just email us at jupiterjanes66 at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions about the hunt about searching for treasure treasure in suburbia we would love to hear from you too so again it's jupiterjane66 at gmail.com drop us a line we'd love to talk to you and until then this is dave
1: this is libby
0: and this is trash to treasure with jupiter jane